Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, Russell Westbrook has declared Sunday's game against the Pelicans a must-win for the Lakers. How confident are you that the Lakers can win a must-win game? We'll get that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, and sometimes Saturdays and Sundays. We get this thing up bright and early wherever you get your podcasts, however you get your podcasts. Uh, and of course, Andy, this one is always free, never behind a paywall, never a subscription that you need to have. want to let you know as well that today's episode is brought to you by Top Shot. Uh, NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan, own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Um, so we'll get to we we started a conversation earlier this week, Andy, about Malik Monk uh, and um, sort of uh, you know how his path has gone uh, from last year into the Lakers and now where it could go from here. And it's the where where it could go from here part that we didn't get to. Um, can the Lakers re-sign him? Should the Lakers re-sign him? Because it's actually kind of complicated. Uh, so we'll start breaking that down. Plus. Um, we all kind of agree that Frank Vogel is not going to be here next year. Uh, that means somebody else will be. Quinn Snyder has been linked to the Lakers. We'll talk about those rumors as we go along. But first, Andy, Russell Westbrook called Sunday a must-win. The game against the Pelicans to try to get seeding uh, and also just stay in the play-in game. Um, how? What was your reaction, first of all, to hearing that from him? Because, you know, not to get... Uh, the debate that, that our friend John Ireland at 710 ESPN, the voice of the Lakers, likes to have about what defines a must-win game. This, technically speaking, is definitely is not a must-win for them. It doesn't put them out of the playoffs. It doesn't set them behind anybody. Look, to be totally honest, not to know and you, it's a dumb question because it's obviously a must-win game. By any, by any practical reasonable measure once you get beyond these semantics. I don't mean it's a dumb question for you to be asking it. I'm just saying it's dumb to try to frame it as anything other than must win because practically speaking, when you look at the situation the Lakers are in right now, will the sky immediately drop Sunday if they lose this game? Like, no, obviously, but you are talking about putting yourself in serious jeopardy as opposed to still having an uphill fight, even if you win the damn thing, but giving yourself a really necessary cushion, especially with one more game coming up with the Pelicans. So for stay, all now, let me, let me ask you this, though, because this, this is actually relevant to your answer. When you answer that question, are you talking about staying in, a cushion to stay in the play-in game, a cushion to stay ahead of the Pelicans, Um you know, and as as we record, which is actually before Thursday's games, uh, Thursday night's games, um, the the Pelicans, who I think are playing Chicago on yes. Thursday night, yes, are, are a half game behind the Lakers. So yeah. they'll either be, you know, at the you know it, it, when we wake up Friday morning, either a game behind or tied. When you talk about this, are you talking about being 
uh, in, you know, the, the seating for the eight, nine, or, or sorry, the nine, 10, are you talking about just staying in entirely? Cause the yes. Spurs are two games ahead yes. or behind the answer to, Brian, all, of to all of this is yes. The Lakers are currently 11 games below 500, a game and a half above the Spurs, half a game ahead of the Pelicans. And we are 70 ish games into the season. Okay. We do not have the luxury, Brian, of splitting hairs or looking for nuances. Like, no, like the well, let me ask you, so, right. Is, okay. Yes, I, and I would, I would agree. Then it is must win unless you want your life to become all a, of a lot more difficult. Right. But you want wouldn't to... you say that? Wouldn't you say that at this point then about all of the games that they have left? They're all must win in the sense of importance, but this one carries a particular signifier because of who it's against and where mm -hmm. that person is in the standings. Like to answer your original question, was I surprised Russ acknowledged this? The answer is no. Because mm -hmm. it's so obvious, even Westbrook, who likes to treat every single question we ever ask him as the dumbest thing he's ever been asked in his life, even he acknowledges, like, yeah, it's must win. Got to win this thing. Okay. So with that in mind, if you've got essentially, you know, like, what do they got? Nine games left. Um, it's either eight or nine. Um two of which are against the the Pelicans, which are like super must wins. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones, which they really can't afford to lose either. How confident are you in the Lakers to be able to rise to the, to the need right now? Because, um, you know, Anthony Davis, according to the reporting, uh, fresh reporting on Thursday from Dave McMenamin at ESPN, um, they are hoping perhaps first week of April at the very earliest Anthony Davis is back. So, uh, you know, a few more games at least. Um, how confident are you that they are able to rise to this situation that they're in of six or seven or eight games in a row that essentially are kind of must wins if you want to make sure that you are in this play in tournament? I'm actually pretty confident uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, the Pelicans are not playing especially great. Mm -hmm. right now. And if you look at their roster in terms of guys that you would feel incredibly confident about in a must-win situation proven along these lines, I don't think they have anybody more so than LeBron. Like, you know, obviously this is all with the assumption LeBron plays. Right, play, and we, right. right. And we both think that he was held out against Philly in very large part to make sure he's available for this game with that importance. You know, CJ McCollum, for example, in the playoffs, his numbers have been fine, but they're also not the numbers of somebody who regularly ups his game in those type of moments. He's somebody that performs like CJ McCollum, who's a really mm -hmm. good player, as opposed to, say, somebody like LeBron in must-win situations. I, I think it's safe to say there is a track record of LeBron pressing it up a notch. And then from there, this, the Lakers are playing, they are playing well enough lately that I can feel confident in their ability to win a must-win game against a team that, by all rights, they should be able to beat. Not definitively, but should mm -hmm. be able to. Um, I should have been a little more specific, too. The The Pelicans actually play twice between now and the Lakers game on Sunday. So yeah, they, uh, and they one of those San games Antonio. is, well, I was about to say, one of those games against San Antonio. So the exact arrangement of the standings when, when we finally get to Sunday's game is going to be, you know, we can't. We can't quite tell you yet. It hasn't happened. Um, we're not being evasive. It's just it's it's a 
it's an interesting spot to me that you know they are playing better at a time when you know to be safe with what they have left um certainly if they want to host the 9-10 game which is probably the most optimistic thing the best thing that can come uh for them before the end of the year and just to make sure that they get in like definitively get in they probably need to win four games i would say um if you win four i think you're pretty much i i don't think san antonio is gonna be able to catch them they would have to win six or seven or i think san antonio does currently have the tiebreaker so that's something else to think about with the lakers um I just I, I think that I I am still struggling to get to a place where I feel confident that I can find four wins in there. I don't think it's impossible, but I can't point to the games. Well, four well, games, five games, whatever it might be. Um, but I will say, feeling confident that you said could they win four or five, and I don't immediately say no, is a stark improvement over where we've been over the course of the year. Look, Brian. I- as a professional podcaster who's been around professional athletes all the time, you know, I, I have adopted the mindset of we take this thing one show at a time. Mm-hmm. And in taking this one show at a time, I am taking the Lakers schedule one game at a time. I am currently confident about their next game against the Pelicans. And, and you know it, what? It you would be helpful. Com- it would be a helpful one to win. Yes. And you know what? It, Everything we've talked about right now in terms of reasons that you might be doubting things or not feeling good about it, whatever, go listen to some Locked on Pelicans with Jake Madison. I guarantee they're not just like bursting out with like, oh, yeah, this thing is a done deal. I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah, um, I, I I will say it's just if you, you know, things are kind of, you know, slightly optimistic at the very least these days around the Lakers. They're at least giving fans a reason to feel a little bit better about themselves. Um, the na- Nationally, though, I looked it up, and like the Lakers, they've actually fallen way down in the futures betting. Like Normally, the Lakers get a huge boost. I was looking at bet online today. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, the Lakers just get a huge boost in futures betting just because of casual people always assuming the Lakers are good. And Oh, LeBron plays there. I'm going to bet you know, whatever. They are way down. Um, so basketball reality has finally caught up uh, to to Vegas in a way that I find interesting. Um, Who's odds let's are get... better, Brian? Lakers or Pelicans? The Lakers. Boom! Andy, the, Pel- Andy, the, Boom! Pelican- the Pelicans yeah, yeah, could yeah, yeah. be in <laughs> second place. <laughs> Lakers are better. That's it. Move on. That's it. The li- but you do agree with me that the Pelicans could be like second in the conference right now, and the Lakers probably would still have higher odds because nobody knows what a New Orleans Pelican is. Brian, move it along. Lakers. The Lakers are better. Lakers are better. All right. Confirmed. Fair enough. We've established it. Um, let's get back to Malik Monk because uh, his story is a fascinating one, um, and the the future of Malik Monk as a Laker is very much a question. It's going to be one of the dominant issues uh, going into the offseason. We'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year, college basketball. We are in the middle of it. It has been crazy with upsets and peacocks and all sorts of stuff. So for <laughs> all but apparent, by the way, we got a lot of uh, comments on the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel for uh, – 
Thursday show with our Peacock talk. People seem to enjoy it. So yes. we're glad we're entertaining you. Lo- for all we're coming odds. soon, locked on Peacocks. <laughs> for all the latest odds, contests, and interesting interviews. Player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs. And info betonline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. This season, it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the games start. Among the other things we talked about on Thursday's show, were uh, it came up were LeBron's endorsements. We got a little, little bit of feedback about that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, for for people who did not hear the show, we were talking about uh, LeBron and the dunk over Kevin Love, and LeBron joking that he might not end up invited to Kevin Love's wedding. The two of them are obviously very tight from their time with the Cavaliers, and we were joking about just all the different stuff that LeBron either has endorsement deals or business ventures, whatever that he could give to Kevin Love as a swag bag of sorts. We mentioned just like the lo- just like stuff he's got lying around the yeah. house, purely yeah. as a function of being a a business mogul. Yeah, essentially re-gifting stuff that was given to him mm-hmm. by his partners. And we had mentioned the Lobo 1707 tequila, which unsolicited plug, really delicious. Good. It's yeah. quite good. Beats, uh, Blaze Pizza, the Call Map, Humvee, which is really LeBron's deal with GMC. But mm-hmm. uh, Franchise 98 BJN on the YouTube channel pointed out we forgot Tonal Jim. Mm-hmm. So I decided just to make sure for the sake of accuracy, uh, I did a little bit of digging, and to the best of my research, these are all the other things that LeBron could be re-gifting to Kevin Love <laughs> as part of his endorsements or business ventures, et cetera. Uh, as Franchise mentioned, Tonal, <laughs> Nike. How the F did we forget about that one? <laughs> I mean, but Kevin Love doesn't need Nikes. He's got Nikes. Well, Kevin Love technically doesn't need anything. He's probably made like $350 million in his career just in his salary. And, and, he's, and he's with a model, like a supermodel. So really, the, the dude... No, that's true. And it's, that is not only like us editorializing. When you become a Sports Illustrated cover model, you elevate to super in the modeling world. Oh, yeah. well, there. There you have it. Um, Frito-Lay. ATMT. Chips. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, probably you know, maybe it was some with Anthony Davis on the on the cover. Um, Ramoa, I don't know what that is, but uh, he that's one of his deals. Uh, as I said, AT and T, Walmart, Epic Games. It has something to do with uh, LeBron getting his own skin in the Fortnite game, according to what I read. It's a joint business venture between Nike, Fenway, Epic, and Redbird, which injected. So you get, Kevin Love gets an avatar in in a, in a Fortnite game, sure, or like that. Also, that means Brian. The Red Sox, LeBron, lest we forget, has his fingers in that organization as well. He's a minority owner. And then finally, a correction. I had mentioned Sprite, forgotten that LeBron is now a Pepsi man or specifically a Mountain Dew man. Mm-hmm. So that is, to the best of our knowledge, the entirety. I'm of, sure there there are more. Um, and um, you know, plus plus all the the entertainment ventures. You know, he right. Probably well, a lot of we, free Space Jam swag and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we, we, I am. We, I am not one of these people, by the way, who believes that LeBron wakes up in the morning, uh, given that his body is a temple, and and drinks the Mountain Dew. <laughs> just, the, the, that rise, the Mountain Dew rise. I just, I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the idea that that is LeBron James's routine in year 19 of his NBA career. Well, either that, or it really speaks to the idea of that dude is built different. 
Yes. <laughs> he's truly built different. If he can do what he's doing at his age with that type of mileage, taking down Mountain Dews every day. Um, yeah, so I, I, if you do, I mean, he's a, not a bad guy to invite to your wedding just because he has that much stuff lying around. He didn't have yeah. to spend any money. Um, the the Laker, the, the, the journey, Andy, uh, to use the term, of Malik Monk from uh, Charlotte to the offseason last year where we kind of, it was sort of published, it was, it was reported that he turned down more money uh, to come here, made a bet on himself was kind of the idea. It turns out that isn't necessarily true based on uh, reporting from Dave McMenamin uh, at ESPN that quotes Monk's agent, who would know. Um, but, you know, the, putting him aside as like how he got here and kind of one of the, the only joyous spots uh, that the Lakers have had this year, trying to keep him is going to be incredibly complicated next year. Um do you want to break it down? Do you want me to break it down? Uh, the 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 how of all this um, before we even get into the would you or well, can I, they? I, I, I believe just in sort of broad layman's terms, without stretching Russ, they will only have about six-ish million dollars to offer Malik Monk because... Taxpayer mid-level, basically. Right, taxpayer mid-level because of the way the salary cap works with Malik Monk coming off a veteran minimum deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is essentially a, a broad st- strokes way of describing it. If it is my understanding, um, hopefully accurate, that if they stretched Malik Monk, I mean, stretched Stretch Russell Russ. Westbrook, they could end up with about $10 million to give to Monk, that would be the max they can do. Yeah, this with the assumption that LeBron ends up... Uh, well, no, actually, this wouldn't matter anyway. LeBron's going to be under contract regardless. So there you have it. Right. It's the, the extent, you know, it's the, the, the extension has some, has kind of becomes relevant for um, other things they could do, right. whether or not they get a LeBron extension and, and the impact of, of stretching Westbrook. Um, but for these purposes, so yeah, they would be able to get themselves closer to a position where they could pay the non taxpayer exception to, uh, Monk, which would be more money and more close, closer to what he would get in the market. The the question is, should they? Do you, for, let me let me ask you this: Do you think that Malik Monk would sign a six million dollar deal? I am terrible at the how much is player X going to get, but I think it's pretty clear that Monk would get more than a three year, eighteen million dollar contract after what he's done this season. So, absolutely. If, if you were if you were Monk, would you be like, I love you guys, but you can't expect him to take that deal. I, I wouldn't think. I mean, there's no question he said this as much as he didn't give up money to join the Lakers. The Lakers, it does seem like were the most enthusiastic team, enthusiastic team, you know, mm-hmm. the most fervent in their pursuit of him this offseason. And that is something that both he and, you know, the people around him have not forgotten. So in that sense, um, I think the relationship with the Lakers matters. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Malik Monk has not gotten his first big money deal. He is essentially still playing on rookie scale deals or less. It is exceptionally rare, like to the point where I can't think of an example. I mean, maybe it exists, but I can't off the top of my head. Think of one where somebody in that scenario 
didn't take, if not necessarily the biggest bag possible, a pretty damn big bag. So <laughs> one of the bigger bags available. Yes. Um, so it's, it is difficult to conceive of him at this stage of his career financially mm -hmm. taking what would be a pretty good haircut for, I think, what he will get this offseason. I'd be stunned if he dealt with the type of stuff he had last offseason this offseason. Uh, Kevin Love, just to mention, has only made $206 million, Andy, not three hundred and fifty. Mm. So pass the hat, <laughs> please, at the wedding uh, for Kevin and his lovely bride so they can go do something nice uh, for their honeymoon. Um, yeah, I think there's no chance. I mean, as much as he talks about, you know, how much he appreciates. Okay, I, I don't want to get in the weeds on this, Brian, but you forgot the $60 million that are still owed to him for this season and next season. He could retire. Mm. So... No, that includes no, 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 no. You're right; it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't mm -hmm. include this year. Yeah, two hundred and six to this point. Yes, yes. So he's still got another sixty million dollars coming to him. It's close to three hundred million dollars. You know, when you know what our grandfather would have called that pocket money, mm -hmm. walking around money. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. I don't think there's a chance that he that he takes that unless the market just completely collapses and, like you say, a six or seven million, six ish million dollar offer from the Lakers is. 75 or 80 percent of what he could get somewhere else okay maybe now there's a chance that they could do it so the question then becomes would he might you be able to do better than the 10 mil i oh i think so i i don't i think there's a team out there that would give him 12 or 13 or 14 million which in this salary structure for a 24 year old guy um who has shown himself to be a you know a quality now um Probably quality bench score, I would say, for most good teams, but and a better playmaker than I thought. Mm -hmm. But somebody who could certainly start, you know, mm -hmm. depending on what your what your arrangement was, he won't kill you. No, and you know, thir thirteen million dollars for your sixth man, fourteen million for your sixth man, or your first guard off the bench, uh, an instant offense type guy, is is not even close to crazy money. So if the Lakers want to get close, they would need to. I guess stretch Westbrook and the, the the question of whether or not they should do this kind of summarizes my deep deep frustration with the situation that the Lakers are in uh in the first place around Malik Monk and all he represents and I want to talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Top Shot NBA Top Shots the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. You can connect with a community of hundreds of thousands of NBA fans as a natural progression of fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan, because this is the future of fandom with the association. It's part trading cards, except no cardboard. They're officially licensed NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. It's part NBA stock market, because every day millions of dollars worth of NFTs are traded back and forth. It's part fantasy sports. You can capitalize in the market if you're able to predict top performers, and they've got prizes in a loyalty program to boot. Investors include Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, uh, Will Smith. I'm predicting future best actor, Will Smith, mm. after this coming Sunday. NBA players in the community include Tyrese Halliburton, Cole Anthony, Harrison Barnes. And this is about having an ownership stake in the NBA's greatest highlights. Like, picture if someone had told you in 1916 that a piece of cardboard with Babe Ruth's face would be worth millions you'd laugh your you'd laugh your butt off and say that dude's crazy well you know what 
You know who's laughing now? Whoever owns Has that it, card. Right. Right. <laughs> the, the estate in ownership of that Babe Ruth, that dude or that lady, whoever it is, the whole family, they are laughing now. They're sitting pretty. So sign up for NBA Top Shot today. The best way to start is by getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull an NFT of a superstar like LeBron or KD, star rookies like Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley for just nine bucks. And if you don't pull your favorite player from the starter pack, you can snag moments from the marketplace. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Uh, Locked On Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar, Andy. It is March and uh, you know the weather is warming up. It's like 80 degrees in, in, in Los Angeles today. And that means the layers are starting to come off and you're out, you're active and you want to look good. You want to feel good. Uh, you want to be eating right. And that is where Built Bar comes in because Andy, this doesn't just happen without a little effort. Um, mm. Have you tried the puffs? The puffs, yes. the, the Bill Bar puffs. Uh, yes. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the 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 of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. Again, that is not a description of the Lakers. That is a uh, a protein a treat. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. Uh, they're covered in a 100 real chocolate, and, and they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro and coconut marshmallow and banana cream pie and they're all really good and they're going to be your new favorites and all built bars are covered as i mentioned in 100 real chocolate that does include the puffs they're low calorie they're high protein and so you can replace your candy bar with these things and you won't even know the difference except your body will because they're much much better for you let's go to uh, go to built.com and scroll down to the macros charts you'll be blown away by everything you see there um and you can get at built.com if you use the promo code lock 15 15% off your order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So the, 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 the problem that the Lakers face, Andy, when it comes to Malik Monk, is that on the one hand, they can't, it is a difficult position to be in when you're a team that obviously needs major improvements to have to use one of your exceptions, one of the only mechanisms that they have, really the only one that they have, to sign one of your own players. On the other hand, if you don't use that money to re-sign Malik Monk, you have to replace Malik Monk. And... This basically gets to the kind of anger I have at the broader position that the Lakers are in. And one of the things that um, I think has wasn't talked about enough, not by us, but by others, when they made the Westbrook trade particularly, was that they were committing to this treadmill of minimum guys, basically one exception, and that's it. And every year, you, if somebody plays well, they're almost guaranteed to go away. That's a horrible way to have to build a team. And, you know, I would try to figure out a way to sign him because he's young and then you control the asset and he can grow with you and all that stuff. But in terms of how do you make the team better, you're just treading water if you can figure out a way to keep, uh, keep Monk on the roster. Yeah, I mean, we've talked before about how neither one of us is a particularly big fan of the concept of stretching Westbrook. Just, you know, and 
I will say, finish your sentence, but I, I read some stuff from Pincus that, that has me rethinking it a little bit because he's smarter than me about this stuff. Uh, Eric Pincus, you're referring yeah. to from Bleacher Report in case uh, people didn't know. Cap um, Right. I mean, he knows this stuff well enough that teams actually call him about this just to double check their own math and their own logic and things like that. Um, him and Larry Kuhn. <laughs> to be clear, nobody calls us to double check their math. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> you know what they call us to talk about, Andy? What? Peacocks. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> if NBA GM has a question about a peacock, they call us. Yes, they do. Um, they don't yes. frequently, but when they do, I got my phone ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in in thinking about thinking about whether or not that would be worth it for Malik Monk, for example, like that's a separate question from is it worth it in total? Like, you know, like, is it worth it to do regardless versus whether or not it's worth it to do it for Malik Monk? But thinking about this uh, along the lines of Malik, like, on one hand, all the positives that we mentioned, they're all real, and he is somebody that would make a lot of sense to keep for this team. On the other hand, I think there are needs that you could look at and say this team structurally needs more. Like, for example, and this is something I've been screaming about for like three years, Get a real, an actual legit wing. wing. Yes, yeah. get a real, like a guy who is either a two, three, or three, four. But you know, a guy that is a legit wing in this league, closer to a three than a four for sure. But then I started looking, Brian, at a list of potential wing players available in free agency that you might be able to get for six million or ten million, and it's not a big list. Like some of the names that that I saw, I'll do a larger in-depth look as the season goes along. But Lou Dort, there's no way the Thunder's nope. letting that guy walk nope. you know, for, at all, much less for 10 mil. 10 million, 6 yeah. million. Not a Otto, rare. Otto Porter Jr.'s had a good season with the Warriors, but... Not signing to that level of contract. I, well, and also long-term, you start uh -huh. getting nervous about that guy. You know, Derek Jones Jr., Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, TJ Warren's always hurt, like... The wings that we and be probably be, despite that, TJ Warren will probably make more than six million. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, maybe you do this, but my point is, maybe you do this stuff for a ten million dollar guy, like right, that if isn't you really sure, long. sure, sure, sure. Like you know, just you start looking around, and the wings that I could find on free agency that I think could be even reasonably realistic as a target for somewhere between six to ten million dollars, not that incredible anyway. So maybe Malik Monk does constitute the best use of $10 million. Yeah. I mean, is Malik Monk the best player you can get for 10 million? He might be. Might be. Might actually be. And, you know, this is, this is assuming they make the sacrifice of stretching Westbrook, which does mess with their cap space. But the flip side is, is and this is what I, I learned from reading Pincus, what occurred to me from reading Pincus, um, was that cap space for the Lakers and their cap room? It would doesn't matter that much because if they sign LeBron to an extension and with Anthony Davis around, they're not really going to have cap space. What it does is it shrinks that margin of actual players that they have until you get to the luxury tax. So it would have implications for their payroll, but not implications for who they could or could not sign in okay. free agency. Most likely, um, it, it, it's it's it. it it wouldn't matter as I, I'm probably getting some of the details there wrong. No, but that reframes but it. it. That does it wouldn't be it as respects. it wouldn't be as horrible 
um, of a burden as it seems like on its face necessarily, if I'm understanding that right. But yeah, no, that, um, I've heard Eric say that before. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that changes it a little bit. But again, I just, how do you get better? This isn't, because this, like you said, this isn't a conversation about Malik Monk so much as it is a conversation about the roster. Mm -hmm. And how do you make the roster better? Now, I would say one way you make the roster better is you sign Malik Monk and now you have him and he can grow with you or you have a guy making 10, 11, $12 million that you can trade. Um, and you start the slow and arduous process of reconstructing an actual NBA roster with NBA players and NBA salary slots that allows the kind of flexibility that the Lakers really need. Um, I just feel maybe it's like, I don't like talking about guys without remembering that they're human beings and stuff like that. But the conversation about Malik, who is a great human being, a great yeah. young human being. I think we've made like. that clear uh, throughout the um, course of the season. We sure. really like him. But symbolizes so much other stuff uh, to boot. So um, certainly not the first or last time that we'll have conversations around the roster and uh, Monk in particular. Um, do want to remind people that they can subscribe to Locked on Lakers on YouTube, and they should. Uh, you get podcasts on off days like this one a little bit earlier than you would uh, having to wait for it um, on your favorite podcasting channel. Um, and we'll be back after Sunday night's must-win game against the Pelicans. It is must-win. Must-win. See everybody next time.